You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Petra Courtright. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. The way and the way that I build my files, I paint in Photoshop and almost every brush stroke you see is on its own separate layer. So it's a painting environment, I guess, maybe is a good way to look at it. There's all these little pieces that can be moved around. Yeah, I have a funny practice because I'll use a brush stroke that I maybe laid down a decade ago and I'll bring it into a file that I'm working on today. I have every brush stroke that I've ever done. I have every piece of everything that I've ever done, which is a really wonderful way to work. I I don't know. I I feel like I get to have it all. I mean, I, I love to make these beautiful, unique physical works, but I do always have the, the back end. I have the luxury of freedom in this way where I just, I feel like I'm not necessarily giving something away that I can't get back or that I can't keep working with. It's more, it's more of like, I just want to keep working. And sometimes I'll also just look at old files just to see what was successful. Like when you're kind of get writer's block or something, it's the same idea where it's like, okay, well, you've done this before and you can look back and see how it was built. Yeah, I'm always trying to show like my thought process and how things change and evolve. Like I'm, I always want to actually really share that with people because it's a very, it's just such a benefit of the way that I work. I can actually show people how things are built. I like to sort of create environments that are conducive to like happy accidents. And I try not to look at anything as a problem. I will always find a way to make something work for me. Um, for example. Because there's so many layers that I work with. I mean, depending on what computer I'm painting on. Um, but even the big, my big tower, my PC tower that I have, like after a couple hundred layers, the file starts to slow down and kind of start getting these beach ball things because you're waiting for the brush strokes to lay down. But there's a certain kind of brush stroke that can be actually created when it starts beach balling. So that it's like a little bit hard to see the mark that I'm laying down because it's delayed. So I have to do my motions and then maybe like it's delayed by 10, 15, 20 seconds at least. Sometimes it depends even a few minutes. But yeah, there's certain marks that can be made at that time. So then I just start doing those. So I'm never, it never feels like I'm waiting. I, I'm always just finding a way to make things work. I go back and forth between using my own images and using internet images. I used to use almost completely images from the internet. That's become harder and harder over the years just because the internet has become more and more closed um, and more commercial, sort of censored, commodified. Like everything is just, things can feel very regurgitated and stale on the internet in a way that like, I just, I mean, if I do want to search for images on the internet, I'll use Bing image search, which will bring up blog spot. So it's like people's personal blogs and they, they upload their own images. And it just, it's just a little bit more interesting. I saved so many images. And I, I mean, I also cut up paintings about that other people have done as well. I mean, it's kind of out of respect. Like I'm a, I'm a big Cecily Brown fan. I've, I've cut up a lot of her stuff and make them into mountains or kind of background or underpainting. And there's many, yeah, nested in there. 
I think there's in the angel wing ones, I think there might be some Matisse in there. Sometimes it's more obvious. Sometimes it's not. I would say I give the same weight to like a JPEG of a Matisse painting that I give to like a JPEG of a kitchen or, or a flower or something. Like it's very, everything is just kind of free, yeah, free, free game to use. In terms of like the NFTs, I've just been very surprised and charmed by people all of a sudden caring about digital images because I spent so many years, I mean, literally trying to figure out a way to print them out and make, yeah, it just was kind of seen as like a, it wasn't as serious as an oil painting or something like this, you know? I mean, I think I tried every single platform that there was, um, that there is to try, like, uh, I released hundreds of them, which was fun because like, my practice can allow that, you know, the, the gallery system is very, I have to hold back so much. And also when you're making physical things too, like the physical paintings are, they're quite expensive to produce. Like we can't, we can't make endless. It's labor intensive and it's, it's expensive to make physical things. Um, but with the NFTs, it just was kind of a way to show the range and the scale that is possible with my practice. So I did see, I was watching like a Monet documentary the other day, which is funny, but uh, I, there was some, I, this, the one thing that stood out to me is they were saying like that he just somehow saw more colors than people because you would look at the paintings close up and there would just be like the reflections in the water. I mean, there'd be like every color in there. It's blue water. But if you look closely, there's red and purple and like just I think that's like a way of thinking that I really strive for is to kind of look at something and then maybe reimagine it. You know, I mean, it's a simple thing that our artists are always trying to do, just kind of present your own vision or whatever. But I'm always just take something simple and then add color more, you know, just something. When you talk about that molecular vision with uh, Monet or the artist in general being able to break things apart into its smallest stroke, I think it really brings us closer to appreciation of the beauty, almost the, if you want to say, the miracle of life. Actually, there's a lot of magic around us if we open our eyes. That's something that's really important to me that I really want to preserve in my practice is celebrate. I mean, I, I really value mystery, beauty, these things like I, I feel very protective over. So I, I want to sort of seek these things out and just protect them and just look at things really, really look a big part of an art, being an artist is you just have to pay attention. You just simply have to pay attention and like really look at something. I think to pursue mystery and beauty you can't really I mean these things are a bit subjective so you can't really tell people exactly what it should be about and also I mean I have to preserve these things for myself like it, it's also I, I'm very selfish like I primarily make the work for myself so if I don't have some questions that are unanswered even for me there's not really an interest to like keep going otherwise so it's also sort of a a protection and a preservation mindset that I have about sort of leaving things really open for other people, for myself. I like to live in that gray area, that realm of these non-judgmental, like not saying it's good or bad. I mean, because with everything in life, there's aspects of both. So it's always, I'm always kind of trying to sort of have that ambiguity involved in the work.
I think there's like a generosity with like allowing people to have a little bit of a escape or a break. And there's also just trends that kind of go through the art world for sure, like identity politics or social issues. Like that's just really not me and it's not what I get out of art or making it. So, and I'm always trying to make the same painting again and again, like I'll set out to just do exactly what I did before, but it's simply not possible. So it just keeps evolving. Um, but that's kind of like the mindset that I go into. I like to work with really low stakes, low pressure, just for fun, just for no reason. And then I'll just kind of trick myself, say, okay, just do exactly what you did before. Then it just starts to go in its own direction. And then there's a new thing. For me, what has been most important, and maybe this is helpful for like younger people to hear something, like just kind of showing up and like engaging with things, like with the NFTs and like, okay, I'm going to try, I'm just going to try many different types of these, many, many of the different platforms and just kind of like keep making things and keep showing up um, on a consistent basis rather than like thinking about, oh, I need to like push the boundaries or I need to like be a future thinking person because then it's a lot of pressure to to think in that way and I've seen artists when they think in that way they get too scared when they stop making things altogether so that's something that I try to avoid is like creating an environment where I just I want to keep making work and then it will happen We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.